We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Good morning, CMOS girlies. Happy Tuesday to those who celebrate. I'm here with Emma. We're going to talk about some health and wellness things. We're going to fill you in on our life. Um, how's this beautiful Monday treating you, Emma? Beautiful fall, crisp day in New York City. Oh, it is beautiful indeed. I'm roasting some sweet potatoes and cauliflower right now that I will eat after this pod for dinner, which I'm very stoked about. I'm just like very excited to have like warm vegetables in my stomach now that it's cold enough and I can turn on my oven and treat that as like my heat source since um, New York City apartments are notoriously known for like not having heaters that work. At least that is the case with my apartment. Well, my apartment, Um, the heat in New York City, they don't, you don't get a control when you turn it on. Your Mm. super turns it on. So like if you want to Turn on your heat sucks to suck. The other day I was freezing and nope, I don't have control over that. Yeah, no, I usually am just like layered up in like multiple layers of like t-shirts and long sleeve shirts and sweatpants and sweatshirts and like multiple pairs of socks just to like keep some heat. I drink a lot of tea. Yeah, in my apartment. It's yeah, don't move to New York, you guys. I don't I sometimes question why I live here. Um, but yeah, I'm good. I was in Omaha over the weekend. I had a family wedding. But my boyfriend also met my family, which was like a huge, huge step in our relationship. And I was just like very, very happy that my parents finally got to, you know, see all the qualities that I see in him and it couldn't have gone any better. Um, And yeah, it's just like nice to be in a position in my life where I like I'm able to bring someone home because I for a while thought that was never going to happen for me. And I definitely was just kind of like a hopeless romantic and just kind of thought that maybe I'll just be single in my life, which there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, the wedding was beautiful. We had so much fun. And I think just like when you're traveling and, you know, out of your regular routine, it it just kind of makes you appreciate your mundane routines and rituals. And, you know, I ate super well and like I was like pretty sedentary, which like was good. Like my body definitely needed to rest. But 
today I woke up and I was like, holy shit, I cannot wait just to like have my salads, have my bone broth, have my coffee, you know, work out, swim every day. So I'm definitely like looking forward to that. And so it really reminds me the importance of taking long periods of breaks. And I think like for me, just how I operate, I'm only able to actually do that if I'm like out of New York City and like a completely different environment where I don't have access to all my little things, my pantry or like access to like my typical pool. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I feel like it's hard. We've talked about this before to think of your life outside of like this week I'm doing this to think in like seasons of your life, which is something that I've been doing a little bit more. Um, I feel like my fall, what is the lyric I'm thinking of? It's a Mitski song. It's like summer. It's in Francis forever. Sorry, I'm not like a super Mitski stan, but it was, it's something like summer turns into fall before you could like catch it. And I feel like that genuinely happened. I was like, wait, what the fuck? I didn't get closure on my summer at all. It all just like ran away from me and now it's like freezing outside Mm -hmm. um so I've been getting into my fall moments um I've been into some weird holistic ones not weird weirder than what CMOS girlies would know or think but I have 13 days till I run the marathon and so I'm trying to do everything to one make sure my feet stay in top condition if you're a runner you know that like there's just weird blisters and like toenails fall off and shit so that's been my first priority my second priority is making sure that I stay healthy um I just don't want to get any sort of sickness or illness which is where my weird shit comes in now because yesterday I felt really run down and I just went through every awful health anxiety scenario because I have a lot of health anxiety from my family situation from my personal situation so I was trying not to go down a rabbit hole of thinking I have a problem before the marathon so one of the things that I did was I started just chewing on some raw garlic this morning I went to the farmer's market and I acted like I was like a very wealthy woman and like spent three dollars on garlic like why did I do that I could have just gone to like Trader Joe's to get garlic but I got other shit at the farmer's market and I was like this is a treat yourself moment and I was like sure just throw in some garlic too so I ate three cloves of that. Um, garlic has this property in it because I got a lot of TikToks about like questions on this. Um, Allicium is the property in it and it has like antiviral, antifungal and anti or immunity boosting properties in it. Um, and so raw garlic, if before you cook it, it has those things in it. So that's why I got the garlic. I also have bee propolis spray. If anyone has tried that before, really good for throat immunity. Um, also just consuming local honey like we've talked about before. And then tonight will be my first night using mouth tape. So I made a TikTok about sleep and inevitably how things happen. A mouth tape brand saw the video and they were like, yo, bestie, we'll send you some mouth tape to try. So shout out to the good homies at Ziplip official for the mouth tape. I'm obsessed um, with the name. I know. I'm like, damn, what else could you have called your brand? Like that, that's, that's right on the nose. Um, And the reason that you want to have your mouth shut when you sleep, well, one of the reasons that I don't think people realized, or like a lot of people in my TikToks comments didn't know, when you are sleeping and if your mouth is open, imagine how dehydrated you're getting. And so that's why it's really good to like drink electrolytes first thing in the morning because you are naturally getting dehydrated. So when you sleep with your mouth shut, there are way more benefits than just like dehydration. Um, how we hold our jaw. A lot of times if people have like reconstructive jaw surgery, they're actually prescribed to have mouth tape on um, because the way that we hold our tongue against like the roof of our mouth versus bottom of our mouth, whatever, it can just lead to bad jaw stuff. It leads to deep sleep. You're not getting in these weird cycles with your mouth breathing. So I will let you know if it's all a scam. I actually think this is going to really work and it's going to unlock a lot for me in terms of my sleep. Um, and I have my whoop tracker so I can like track if my sleep gets significantly better and let you guys know. 
So yeah, I've seen a lot of mouth tape TikTok videos. I think my dad has experimented with it too. Um, Love. it's kind of like amazing that there is now a whole market for it and that there's little DTC brands that are popping up selling you mouth tape. Um, I'm sure you guys can probably use like regular tape as well, but I love the idea of having a little cutesy little branded mouth tape for you. Um, yeah, I feel like in terms of like health wellness things that I've been into recently, it's been all just about the same, but my recent fixation of just like a quick little pick me up treat or snack when I feel like the blood sugars dip in a little is taking a spoonful of like chia jam and nut butter and then taking a swig of non-dairy milk immediately after that my dad has been doing this like when I was home he was like doing it nonstop, and I was like okay dad um but it is honestly so good it's like a fake peanut butter and jelly um moment so that's been like a really delicious thing I used to do that a lot with like just like nut butter and honey but I'm switching it up and then I'm not much of a protein bar girly, but I will give credit where credit is due. Um, I just think they're like a little expensive for my liking and I can't really justify spending like $3 on a protein bar. But the one time I will have them is when I'm traveling, I'm flying just because they're like quick, easy snacks and you never know what you're going to get at an airport. So I was at Natural Grocers, which is a like local health store, chain of health stores, at least in Omaha. I'm, I'm sure they're elsewhere in the Midwest. And there's a brand called Aloha, which I've seen before. They make like plant-based proteins and everything, but I got one of their protein bars. It was like peanut butter um, cup, I believe. And oh my God, it was delicious. I feel like a lot of protein powders are either like, or not protein powders, excuse me, protein bars are like super chemically, like definitely have that very artificial sweetener taste or just like, yeah, very plasticky or doughy. There's just like something always off about them and chalky, but these were pretty solid. They kind of tasted like a real candy bar, but they don't have any like crazy wild ingredients like the misfit bars have or like the bear bells. So if you are someone who's looking for a protein bar, I definitely recommend checking out. They have like a whole slew of flavors that I'm very intrigued by. Um, I will not be ordering some sort of like random sampler pack from them because again I hate spending money on protein bars but yeah they're they're really good they have like I don't know 14 grams of protein which is like pretty solid for a protein bar especially when it's like plant-based yeah love that for you um I'm trying to think protein bars I haven't really been interested in that world in a while clean simple eats does make protein powder that I do really like I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago but I'm still rocking with them um my only other note is like since my dad's passed I've started to reconnect my sister a lot more and like context my sister and I are very close like I was her maid of honor whatever like we are very very close but as you can imagine any sort of relationship with a sibling like my sister bought a house she's married like different stage of life than I'm in um and I think for a while like when my sister started kind of going off to college she's like four years older than me I was like oh I don't really know like what's gonna happen to our relationship because like growing up we were like playing with each other outside every single day and it was this very like close relationship and I think it's been really beautiful since my dad has passed like how consistently like we have been talking every single day nonstop. we've been so like involved in checking in more and like we used to check in I would say like every few days but now it's like nonstop. and so I think that's been a really beautiful part of the process like I've never really had friendships and like being 25 right like I've not had friendships from like elementary school but I've like had my sister for like obviously since I've been born and so watching a relationship have its ebbs and flows is like something that's really I think hopeful because I feel like just generally with like relationships friendships like there's going to be bad parts of it or times when you don't feel connected to people and then when it kind of comes back and you're like oh I like this is why this person's in my life whatever um I feel like that can be a really special thing so if you're going through anything like talk to your family talk to your support system because it's like a perfect time to kind of nourish those bonds you have um and kind of you know check in um this is not your sign to text your situationship you know when you see those like videos and it's like 
oh, I'm going to text him. And then the, someone will stitch it and be like, nope, this video is not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't interpret this to let shitheads back into your life. Um, don't let shitheads into your life ever, because especially when you're going through something, the least you want to deal with is like shitty ass people <laughs> just like from experience. It's like not fun. Um, yeah, that's my bender on grief and mourning. But um, let's get into the pod, shall we? We're going to talk about cortisol, swimming, running, amenorrhea and so much more. Yes, I'm excited to get into it. We'll chat with you, CMOS girlies, in a moment after this little break. This little ad break. Talk to you then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, CMOS girlies, we're going to get back into the long list of things you guys submitted to us. So we're going to start off with lowering cortisol, which I think has been having quite a moment recently with all like the low impact, high impact stuff. And I think like the whole rise of like caring about your hormones as a woman or just like someone who does menstruate. There's just been a lot of chit chat on the internet, specifically on TikTok. And we've done episodes on like adrenal fatigue, adaptogens, um, low impact versus high impact exercises, and probably stress reduction as well. And so there's going to be like a lot of overlap there. 
I would say like lowering cortisol for me is something that I paid a lot of attention to probably when I was in college and like that first year or two out of college. But now it's like something that's pretty intuitive to me. And it's probably just like I've gotten older with age and like certain like stressful situations don't really face me as much or I just like now have a pretty decent toolkit on like how to manage those type of situations. Um, But cortisol, for those who maybe don't know, or if you do need a refresher, it is a stress hormone and it's produced in our adrenal glands. And it's like, quote unquote, like the fight or flight. And so I'm sure we all have experienced that feeling before where it's like your heart starts beating really, really fast and you just like are super like high alert. And that's just kind of like what um, happens when this hormone is produced and released. Um, And cortisol, when it is released, it is typically tied to anything that is a stressor on the body or something that our body perceives as a threat or a stress. So it can be physical or mental. So, you know, like back in the day when our ancestors were alive, like their cortisol would elevate if there was maybe some sort of like bear attack or if there was like someone trying to like break into their home. But like now, you know, a lot of us like live in situations or like live in environments where that is less likely. So the stressors that we're typically experiencing are more mental and are like likely caused by finances, relationships, or just like the stresses of work and like, you know, having execs be like all over you for like something random um, and like what cortisol also does, it helps regulate our blood pressure, heart rate, energy levels, and metabolism. And so cortisol, yes, is like a very necessary thing that our bodies need. And I don't want us to completely demonize cortisol because it does have a huge impact on our health and you need it to be healthy, but also with anything in life, like there is a fine line and like, there is such thing as having too much cortisol. And that's kind of where this whole idea of like chronic, um, chronic cortisol, um, levels can come into play. And if, people have experienced like adrenal fatigue as well. That is like oftentimes like where your adrenal um, um, glands are just kind of being overworked. And that is largely just due to it trying to pump out too much cortisol into your body. And then your body's like no longer really responding to that said cortisol. It's very similar to like insulin levels. Um, But like the reasons why you don't want high cortisol is that it can lead to waking, particularly like in the face and like the abdominal area. It can also lead to high blood sugar and or high blood pressure. Also acne and insomnia. These are just a few of the potential symptoms that one can experience. Um, I'm sure there's like plenty of tests out there. And so if your doctor is able to provide some sort of like cortisol tests, like that is something that you could definitely, you know, experiment with. I'm sure there's also like other ones that you can order on site, but definitely just, you know, talk to a professional health care provider first before you do anything like that. But if you're like something definitely feels up and you are experiencing some of these symptoms, that is something that you can definitely look into. And so there's been a lot of focus on like why you should lower your cortisol, especially for women as like more and more research I think has come out in terms of like dieting and, you know, women are not many men is this something that Stephanie Estima from the better with Dr. Stephanie talks about a lot. And, you know, we have a different cycle than men. So men kind of operate on this typical 24 hour cycle, but women, we have a 28 day cycle. And so like, we're going to be more sensitive at different parts of our um, menstrual cycle. And also too, like, we just have like different levels of hormones than men. And so ways to lower cortisol, there's a whole bunch and like anything health related, it's all going to be centered around the usual, like food and sleep and like, you know, some sort of like stress outlet to reduce stress, but really it's like eating regularly and like not under eating, you know, 
as women, we will typically experience a loss of a menstrual cycle if we are doing, you know, things like not eating regularly or, you know, purposely under eating. And that is because like, this is like a threat to the body and our body's like, we are not getting enough fuel to a take care of ourselves. And therefore we cannot produce a menstrual cycle because this is not like a safe environment for us to reproduce and carry a child. Because if your body was going to try to do that, the child would likely not survive and it'd be a miscarriage. So make sure you're eating like adequate amounts of like food, especially protein, reducing sugar consumption. I think like as a CMOS girl, you probably know that by now. And also not fasting for prolonged periods of time. There's been a whole kind of like backlash on intermittent fasting and a lot of people talking about, you know, prioritizing eating within 30 minutes. And if you aren't hungry immediately in the morning, that is likely a sign that your body's running on too much cortisol. And then, you know, if you're drinking coffee on an empty stomach, yes, coffee can um, lead to a slight increase in, in cortisol. So that's why a lot of people talk about like, you know, eating something before your coffee or like not drinking your coffee um, right away and just kind of waiting like 90 minutes. And the next is going to be just prioritizing sleep. Um, sleep deprivation can contribute to elevated cortisol and like the more cortisol you have like running through your body can also just again like cause you to sleep even less and less and less so if you are someone who does experience insomnia you know you can definitely get that checked out because that's like a very real you know health threat that people should definitely get checked out and you know so take your magnesium if you need to take melatonin you know take that with you know if you need or want and then just like really having any type of outlet to release stress. And this doesn't have to be exercise related. It can be things like meditation, journaling, you know, just going to therapy, calling your parents, having like a good support system. There's so many different things. And like, I think really when it comes to lowering cortisol, you should really focus on like the root cause of like why you're experiencing or constantly experiencing certain stressors in your lives and like really finding a way to navigate those or maybe reduce or eliminate those. Of course, some stresses are never going to go away. And I think what we talked about in like the last pod is that like, you just like really need to have like a pretty good toolkit because as you get older, like I said, like the stresses are only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and like, you know, more quote unquote life-threatening, I suppose, versus like when you're a kid, like you're probably only worried about like, you know, whatever little tests that you have like next week in like social sciences or in math. But like now that you're an adult, it's like, okay, how do I pay for rent? And then how do I also like get healthcare? And how do I like, you know, start saving up for, you know, retirement and like kids and all of that. Um, so, you know, don't overthink it because that'll just stress you out even more, but I feel like just like over time, things become like intuitive and you get into a good groove and you, before you know it, aren't even having to worry about stress or cortisol. Yeah. Um, I think like Emma said, the most important takeaway that I have on stress is like learning to be the moment, learning to live in the moments that are stressful. So I always think about this with my workouts. I had a problem with running, which I'll talk about later. Well, I guess I might not talk about this, but we're gonna talk about running and swimming later. But I had a problem where I was running and spending way too much time on my feet, aka I was like dilly dallying, like I was stopping on my runs, taking a bathroom break, whatever. And I didn't realize how much compounded stress it was in my body. And so every time I go out on a run, I know that's going to be like the one time I physically stress myself out in the day. And then everything else is kind of just like recovery. And I think that's one good way to like think about lowering your cortisol. Because like Emma said, like, our ancestors adapted and survived with cortisol in their body to like know when they should like freak out and to know when they shouldn't. Um, obviously the, the modern world is much more stressful and we have to like figure that shit out. But like Emma said, not all cortisol and not all stress is bad. It keeps you safe, but just be more aware. I think of when it's happening is a good thing. Um, the next part is going to be about amenorrhea recovery, getting your period back. Um, and kind of just like broader cycle awareness and birth control. Now we've done like very specific 
episodes on all of these things. So I would suggest you go back and listen to those for like 50 minutes on each. Um, But I think Emma and my background in terms of like conversations around like period awareness and shit is like having the experience of having an eating disorder was like how I learned about my period kind of um I think I got my period before I had an eating disorder but I didn't really care like I didn't really care to know what week I was in I didn't really care to know like what birth control was what estrogen was and then after losing my period from having an eating disorder I was like wait I need to learn about like what's going on in my body so I think if you come from an experience of not having an eating disorder and I've talked to my sister about this like she was just like chilling you know eating getting her period all that stuff like on a cycle and then got on hormonal birth control and like she doesn't really know I think the nuances of like losing your period in amenorrhea like I do so I think one thing in a background of like when we are thinking about periods is like when was your first period what is your experience with having a period like do you have a consistent type of symptom that comes up how long is it how heavy is it and I think the more and more you learn about yourself is going to be the best situation you can put yourself in like we've been in the place when I haven't had my period and I was like freaked out about bone density and all of the like scary stuff when it comes to like the dangers of amenorrhea but just know that you can get to having your period back but it's going to be like a process to do so so I would say think about when you first had your period are you aware of it have you gone and gotten checked out for any sort of like underlying hormonal issues with blood work um for our athletes I think be aware of what is called the female athlete triad I had developed this when I had my eating disorder it's a combination of three different things that affects a lot of female athletes it's going to be amenorrhea so meaning you do not have a regular menstrual cycle to define that phrase low bone density meaning that your bones are like not reaping the benefits of things like iron and calcium to grow we know that the period of like women in their teens and 20s and like early 30s is when you're at peak bone development for the rest of your life and so if you are not like reaping the benefits from working out because working out should be adding to your bone density um every time you're doing weight bearing stuff or resistance training you are making your bones stronger you're adding muscle to your body as well and so if you are under eating while you are weightlifting or if you are under eating when you're training in your teens and 20s your bone scan basically won't show that you are doing that work that was the experience that I had when I was 17 like I was lifting for six years and they were like well you have really bad bone density and I was like how can this make sense if I'm lifting like five times a week as an athlete um so that's another kind of like red flag I think if you are going through amenorrhea to like figure it out and get get it together because you don't have that much you do have time right but you don't want to spend your whole teens and your 20s under eating and like with this low bone density and so then the third kind of pillar of like what a female athlete triad is is low energy availability so that's going to be making sure that you're eating enough calories or like a low energy availability I'm sorry is when you're not eating enough calories so that would be the biggest thing that you can do to get your period back and then fix your bone density and so it's a triad because when when one of those things is off nothing else works in the equation um there's also something called reds it's r-e-d-s-s or something like that it's relative energy deficiency this is kind of the same concept when an athlete is overtraining and under fueling and this is something that can cause your period to go away so those are just two things that i think are like textbook terms that have a lot of like literature podcasts stuff that you can look into if you are in either of those subgroups when it comes to like losing your period Now, when it comes to recovery and getting it back, I mean, that's going to be a therapy thing. That's going to be go to eating disorder treatment type thing. I cannot tell you really how to get your period back. Speaking from personal experience, some ways that I was able to get my period back was like that initial weight gain. It was going to therapy, um, figuring out what food and nutrition worked right for me to make sure my hormones are balanced. And then what else, what, what other like stress reduction habits I could do to make sure my body was like 
we're okay to like hypothetically speaking like have a child every single month like if your body can't produce a child then it's not gonna be able to produce your period um and then I think tying into this like broader cycle syncing I mentioned this at the beginning but I just think a lot of women are not aware of their cycle which is such a sad like disservice like we don't know what week we're in and that's like a complicated array of reasons of why women don't know like the healthcare system doesn't incentivize women to like have the opportunity to get hormonal panels all the time I think a lot of women would want to know that information but can you imagine with our healthcare system like the costs of getting that blood work and that hormone panel like all the time um secondly like we know about the pink tax that like women's taxes are or women's healthcare products are um much higher costs like things like razors and deodorants and stuff than men we're not giving out like free period products in school and stuff and so it makes sense why like women don't have the time to like learn about their period and stuff but i think if you are listening to this podcast i think you probably have the resources to like be more aware of your period. Um, once again, we have some episodes about cycle syncing. I don't do any sort of like cycle syncing. I don't think Emma does anything too serious as well. Um, I'm like now I think speaking as like an endurance athlete. So like I'm pretty much running throughout the entire month and like, I guess I could tweak stuff, but it just doesn't really work with like the goals that I have physically. Now, when it comes to like stress and eating and stuff, I think I'm just aware of like when I'm on my period and when I'm not, I'm aware of the phases. Like I know when I'm in my luteal phase, like I'm a lot more tired. My body requires more energy. Like you burn something like 200 more calories during that last week of your cycle than any other week as a woman. So I think just being aware that you have an infradian rhythm, like you have this secondary thing that men don't have and like you have to play around with that as an athlete. I think that's been the most important thing now with like my period in amenorrhea. Um, And then in terms of like resources of like you know how to get your period back i have two books or three books i guess um in the flow by Alyssa Vitti. Alyssa Vitti has a lot of resources on period stuff everything from like hormonal birth control to regular birth control uh the book good for a girl focuses on like female athletes specifically female runners and like how to kind of get in these situations as a female athlete feel worthy feel like you can eat enough and it's just like a really honest conversation about what it feels like to be an athlete and then the last book is called roar by stacy stacy sims um she goes on a lot of health podcasts she might have her own i i'm not aware um but the book talks about like how to train with your cycles and stuff like that so if you are someone that does really want to like kind of change what you eat throughout the month or do different like recipes and stuff in terms of like cycle syncing i think that would be a really good book um and then yeah in terms of like getting your period back that's like something that I think I can't really give you advice on I would say like go to a doctor holistic nutritionist or anyone you can like find that could provide you answers get blood work get your vitals done and then kind of look at stress kind of look at under eating and like realistically think of like okay is this new that I'm not getting my period have I not gotten my period for years and like I want to do something about it and so I think just think about your cycle and like be aware of it is probably like the best way to sort of um start to solve that problem but it's tough yeah. and Em and I have both been there yeah, it's definitely tough. And I think like the few words that I can kind of say in terms of like in your period back is that it's going to probably take a lot longer than you um, expect or think. At least that was my experience. It probably took me almost like eight to 12 months, if not like over a year, just to like get my period back and get it back like at a regular place where I was getting it frequently and like, you know, on that regular 28 to 32 day cycle. So definitely give yourself grace that it's definitely easy to kind of beat yourself up or like feel like you're a failure because like you're trying to do everything right. But, you know, still nothing is coming because it just like takes so much work for your body to kind of rework itself and get to a place where it's balanced and stable and feels safe to start producing a period again. And it's also just going to like require you to 
definitely take a lot more rest and just like eat a lot more. And I know that can be really, really scary. We get a lot of questions in like Geneva and like on the pod about like amenorrhea and how to get your period back. And it's just like, you really have to just rip off the bandaid and do all those things. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you'll feel so much better afterwards. And that's why I definitely think it's super helpful to go through this entire process with some sort of like medical professional or even just like a nutritional therapist who can like make you feel very like comfortable and safe and the process and like that's definitely what I needed like when I had a nutritional therapist it was just like all I really needed was just like a professional to tell me like this is what's going to happen if you don't do all these things and this is why you need to do them in order to get healthy just because I think like if you're just talking to friends or like other people like you it's really easy to just like shrug it off or shake it off just because it's like they're not a professional and so like what they're saying doesn't have as much weight as like someone who like is actually fully trained in the field um in terms of other resources I know like I have talked about her already on this pod but Dr. Stephanie Estima she's done like very specific episodes on like each menstrual um week and like kind of like how to maybe think about like what supplements you take and like when you should be increasing your magnesium intake and like you know what type of food to eat and like I think the whole conversation around like what food to eat during your period I think isn't like super realistic for a lot of people because it's like I'm not gonna like remember to go out and like buy leaks and like make sure I eat like leek miso soup for like one week because like so-and-so told me because it has like some sort of, you know, like property. Um, I think like more of what you should focus on is like, okay, like during like this week before my period, I'm a little bit more hungry and like, maybe I like am craving more carbs. So it's like making sure that you have stuff in your pantry to support that. And like, everyone's going to be so individual. So it's like, some people are going to respond better to like eating in certain ways than others. And I think just like honoring whatever like cravings you may have and like remembering that like you should be eating more during different parts of your period yeah I think to add um, to like- that I was gonna say about like eating different stuff I think the reason why I've kind of grown away from that because I think like even two years ago I was kind of interested I was like oh my god I need to like detoxify during my first part of my cycle and whatever you realize as you get older like one you're a human being that interacts with other human beings like you're gonna be at work you're gonna go out for dinner maybe one day you're going to have kids that you're going to have a cook for. Like imagine being like, hey kids, we're eating Brussels sprouts because mommy's in her whatever cycle. Honestly, that's great meme content. But you know what I mean? Like I think as you get older, you really step back from the health and wellness like rituals that we talk about on this podcast. Some of them, even if they are crazy, like I think I will journal every single morning for three, like three pages, like my morning pages, whatever. I will probably do that for the rest of my life. I will probably do like, I'm trying to think of other shit that I religiously do like my cupping or something. There's weird shit that I will do, but like, I think some stuff you realize is kind of a wacky wellness routine that like, if it doesn't work for you, you actually don't have to implement it for the rest of your life or you can try it and like move away from it, you know? Yeah. And it's also, it's like, if you're not like eating certain foods, like that doesn't mean like your period is like somehow going to like vanish or like something yeah. bad's going to happen. Like we're, our bodies are very, very smart and they know how to regulate themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think like, you know, that type of information can be helpful for some people if it's like, if that gets you excited about maybe like caring about your, your cycle. Cause like Kate said, like so many people aren't really aware about like, you know, the changes in ebbs and flows and like what hormones, um, do, alter throughout your period and I think like if you do want to do cycle seeking like seed cycling is probably like the easiest and one of the most like cost effective ways is just like buy a big fucking sack of like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and you know put them in a jar and like add them to your like yogurt smoothies what have you mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean it's just it's that's something that you have to worry about as a woman and I'm happy that I'm at a place where I am receiving, receiving, I am getting my, my period on a regular basis. And that's something that I never really thought would have been possible for me. So if you are in, you know, the, the deep end trying to figure things out, just know that it is possible and it's very exciting when it does happen. 
It is possible, girlies. Um, you will get your period and you will be okay in the world. Um, the next question we got is how we got into swimming and running. I think Emma and I probably reference it. And like, if you follow, I guess, like maybe me on social media, you probably see more of my running. But we thought we should give you more of a an unveiling of how we got into the sports that we love because we're such jocks these days. Um, you want to go first, dog, or I can go first? I will kick it off. Yeah, I touched on this a little bit last pod, but a lot of people were like, we want to hear you talk about swimming more. So I will be doing that. Um, yeah, so how I kind of got into swimming, it's something that my parents just like signed me up for one summer, just like all the local pools and all the different neighborhoods back home. They would just like all have like their own little swim league and then we'd all swim against each other. And so that was my first introduction to like competitive swimming and like I wasn't really obsessed with swimming like when I was super young like I think um doing swim lessons probably was like a little traumatizing for me and I just remember when I was younger I was like so scared of getting water in my nose so I'd wear like the big goggles where like they went over your eyes obviously but then there's also like a nose piece that went over your nose too and there's definitely like cringe photos of me like as a child wearing those goggles but just like something about like the swim summer swim league like obviously I really started to enjoy it it was a really good social like I said just like interacting with kids my age from my neighborhood and I think like eventually my parents were like you know what we're just gonna sign you up for club swimming and so I probably started doing club swimming when I was like eight or nine there's a local swim club called swim Omaha and that was like an incredible thing for me and it like created so much structure for myself but like also with that you know I did that from like age eight all the way up until I want to say like my sophomore year of call or high school and like I also did um high school swimming and like one thing with swimming is that it is a year-round sport and it's like a very grueling sport and you're typically given maybe like four weeks in total of the entire year for rest and like not swimming and like during the off seasons and so like I was like waking up and like having two day practices pretty much all my entire life. And by the time I got into high school, I was starting to get like sick of it. I kind of was like plateauing a little bit my sophomore year of high school. But also on top of that, I was, you know, kind of trying to get out of like an eating disorder. And I realized that like I just like need to stop swimming in order to like better myself. And that was definitely a big part of like why I did quit. And I think just like the frustrations of me not getting better, which was all because of my eating disorder and like me not taking care of myself. Um, and like, I'm totally happy and fine that I did end up quitting swimming early in high school. And I knew I wasn't going to swim in college and it allowed me to pursue like other interests. Like I had like a little fashion blog and I was able to like, you know, just pursue the interests that I always really loved related to like fashion and music. And I think if I hadn't done that, who knows where I would have gone to college and all of that. Um, and like swimming, I think like I've always have loved and I'm really happy that I'm back in it. And so I stopped swimming when I was a sophomore in high school. And then during COVID, I kind of got the itch to swim again. But like with COVID, like pools obviously weren't open. And like in the city, it's like very expensive to swim because if you want to swim, it's like you have to either join a really, really expensive like club that has a pool, which is like what I did. And then I ended up quitting that membership. So I was like, I am not spending all this money. And also too, just like master clubs in the city, they like swim at random times that just didn't work with my work schedule. So I ended up finding a local pool that's like very, very inexpensive. It's like a public pool that's like ran by the city. And it's been like such a blessing to me, like truly just like the best thing for me. And I'm kind of like eager to now get back into like racing again. And the reason that I wanted to get back into, into swimming is because like once I graduated high school and like was in co in college and on my own navigating like exercise just everything that I was doing it just felt like I like was forcing myself to do it versus like wanting to do it it just like was felt like a chore and something that I had to check off and like I never really felt super connected to like the movement whether it was just like me going to the gym or going to a Pilates class running or jump roping 
And, you know, with like swimming, it was like, that was like kind of my thing, something that I excelled at, something that I was like very, very confident in as I had developed all those like skills and techniques. And that's something that I really missed something where I could just like kind of close my mind and just like really just like get into the groove and like not even have to think about it. And so that's kind of what really motivated me to get back into the pool. And yeah, I think like anyone who swims can definitely relate just like how beautiful of a sport it is and just like how calming it is. And I said this in the last pod, but you know, it is just like it, it's really great for my current lifestyle and it's like pretty low impact. So I'm able to just like swim pretty frequently. And it's also like, it can be a very social sport, which I really, really appreciate. And it's something that I'll be able to do until like, I'm like 80 or 90. So it is definitely a lifelong sport. I love that. Um, also someone DM me and I forget who it was that now that I'm running without music and headphones, and I know that you swim without anything, um, we should just talk about that on the pod. That can be a different conversation of us talking yeah. about movement um, without any sort of stimulation because it's something that, that I've done for the past few days. Um but yeah, kind of answering how I got into running, um, kind of similar story with Emma where I played like sports growing up. So I played volleyball. My mom was a professional volleyball player. So I've played since I've been in fourth grade and like on a very accelerated like path to like play into college. I was taking the ACT when I was like in f- a freshman in high school, got like my first recruiting letter when I was in eighth grade. So it was a very early process that led me to uh, basically just get an eating disorder and be under a lot of stress because I was so fucking stressed out about getting the right grades and the right co- coaches wanting me and like food was the only thing I felt like I had control over. So unfortunately, during the junior year of my high school, when everything was like the most intense, it was like right after I committed to playing volleyball at NYU, um, eating disorder got really bad. And that was kind of like my senior year. I started to work with it and I kind of made that honor and commitment to myself to like fix the eating disorder. So my parents like trusted me enough to like go to NYU like alone um my mom literally was like this is our daughter who is like going to new york city literally all alone and she like can't eat and like has all these like things we need to work on and she just gave me a lot of tough love to get me through that process so i went to nyu i played volleyball there it was division three um i knew that at that point i wanted to play d3 i ended up quitting for a lot of reasons i didn't really like the program i didn't feel really supported by the coach and the staff and everything and the environment on the team did not fit what i was looking for um and since it was division three i could quit and i still had my academic scholarship to nyu so i was like totally fine there was a lot of weird stigmas for me to quit i felt like i was letting down my mom i felt like i was letting down everyone it was my mom who told me to quit she was like kate the only time you call us crying is like during volleyball season like you love New York City and we cannot get a hold of you like the other part of the year so I quit playing volleyball my junior year there was a total identity crisis of like what the fuck do I do now like all I've known is being a volleyball player and at that point I had grown so just uh disgruntled and like hated the sport I hated moving my body I hated going to practice I hated jumping I hated doing anything that it was really hard for me to want to work out but like subconsciously I knew like I have to keep moving my body for my mental health like I have to keep doing something um since my mom had played volleyball her whole life and lifted and been very much like a mesomorph like my mom is jacked even though she like doesn't lift weights to this day like anymore um I knew that I didn't want to go to the gym. I just hated it. Like the toxic gym bro. I hated the whole like college sports thing where it was like judging my back squat versus how much else someone else could lift. And I just hated that environment that I wanted to do something that was just me by myself. Um, I never, ever, ever liked running growing up. Like if you told me to go run, that was a joke. Like you, I would not run around the block. Um, I would not run longer than 10 seconds. I like fucking hated that movement. Running had always been punishment, which I think is a very common phrase you hear um, and one that I really resonate with. And so I one day went for a run and I really wish I documented more of like my running journey somewhere. It was like before I did like social media full time. Um, 
But one day I just went for a run for my East Village dorm. And I ran all the way down to see the Statue of Liberty with like wired headphones. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen the Statue of Liberty. You know, I've been just in the books or I've been playing volleyball. I haven't had time to really like explore. And it was this beautiful run where I was like, oh my God, I can stop and take a photo whenever I want to. I can listen to whatever fucking music I want. I can go as fast or as slow or as far as I want to. Like, this is something that I get to own. And I think having that ownership was something that was so beautiful for me. I think I really had out of the equation that I would do anything in sort of athletics for the rest of my life and now it's really funny when I think about where I am now in the world um so I, I guess I quit college sports I was looking for this like recreational outlet to move then I started to slowly compete to get better versus myself with running right like I just wanted to make more of a consistent practice with running I didn't really care about how fast I was going I didn't care about distance at all like I didn't run anything longer than five miles for the first few years I ran but I just wanted to like consistently make running a thing that I did and that was kind of like the first few years then I think I started to learn about it more as a sport and a discipline. You know, you think running is like this very democratic thing, like just put on shoes and go and do it. I do think wholeheartedly running is that easy. It is that like just intuitive movement that we all have and we all know. But I think at the same time, there is a lot that you can learn about running. And I think that is something that I learned through the process of like running too much. I think runners go through a lot of injuries. Um, It's like something like 80% of runners experience injuries. And so I started to really learn about like, running way too fast, way too far, too many miles a week. And I started just getting so many nagging injuries. And it wasn't until I signed up for my first marathon. I ran a half last year, the Santa Barbara half, which feels like decades ago. And then I signed up to run the Big Sur marathon. Um, Now that I work with Hoka, which would have been April of this past year, I was in the middle of training for it and I got a stress fracture and I had to pull out of the race. And it was this whole awful start of my awful year of 2023 when I couldn't walk for like four weeks and that's when I really got into like physical therapy and running and so at that point I kind of put out of my mind of like racing and running because like I was just kind of immobilized I couldn't walk for that whole month and it wasn't until I found a really good physical therapist that I was able to like believe in myself again and really like retrain myself and get more balanced muscularly and skeletally whatever Um, And so now it's so weird that I'm running New York, the marathon in 13 days. I think running a marathon has taught me like a little bit about structure and discipline. I think I've already been wired to be pretty disciplined, but I think some people make comments of like, you have to make a lot of social sacrifices when running a marathon. And I'm kind of like, okay, I didn't really have that many like social obligations to begin with. So like me going to bed on a Friday night is not that crazy. Um, I think you have to learn a lot about eating more and just eating a lot and really trusting that part of the process as like an endurance athlete now. Um, But I think it's healed a lot of my relationship with food. I think I don't really nitpick and like freak out and try to restrict food in any sort of way I just think about like I want energy in my body I want fuel in my tank I want to feel good um I mean if I run 20 miles I'm sure as hell gonna just like not really care about that type of stuff but I think it is interesting of like trying to eat more volume while also still trying to eat like healthfully around but I've been eating ice cream all the fucking time too so it has been a good part of the process to just eat whatever um and then I think you also learn a lot about like mobility and recovery I think that part of um like we talked about with cortisol earlier really learning about how stress impacts your body what things are good for you what recovery tools help I've played a lot around with like stuff like that in terms of supplementation lifestyle choices like times of day for my workout types of workout um 
all that stuff. And so I think it can be a beautiful process to really learn about your mental and then also learn about your physical from training a marathon. Like you obviously don't have to like run a marathon to like do that. And like, I really like being a recreational runner at my core. Like I'm not running for a time for the marathon. Like I don't really care about qualifying for anything. And I think that's always probably going to be my premise with running. Like running is so much more about like the mental kind of like therapeutic spiritual practice for me than it is about like physically doing anything interesting. But that's to say, I also feel like I'm a newbie with runner or I'm a newbie runner. And like this marathon is kind of the beginning of my running journey, if that makes any sense. So who knows what I'll do. But um, right now we just, we run and vibe and that's kind of um, how I got into it, I guess. Yes. You are a very like inspiring and motivational runner. And I think like definitely some people look up to you and I totally relate on the fact of like just wanting to have fuel in your body like I think now that I do care about something in my performance so much in the pool I've realized that like yeah Emma if you want to feel good in the pool you like have to eat and like take care of your body and all that in all those ways and I think like that's something that I hope people definitely realize that you know I think when we think about exercise it's all about like vanity and like trying to like look a certain way but it's like no it can be so much more than that like if you want to feel good in your workouts you really just have to work with your body and not against it. Yeah. And I think there's never too late of a time to start any of this. Like, I know we're both 24 or whatever. I think I think in my head, like, oh, my God, it's too late for me to get into this. Or like, oh, I'm so lucky because I'm 24 and I'm already doing these things. Like, time is all relative. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like, if you want to start training for a marathon tomorrow, do it. You don't need to wait for, like, New Year's resolutions. You don't need to wait for, like anyone else to tell you to do something and I think that's like an empowering part of the just like health and gen- health and wellness generally like it is really hard to adopt new habits and to do new healthful things but at the same time like you could really change anything right now lifestyle wise obviously you know thinking about like financial constraints etc like I'm not gonna go and just like buy um some crazy sauna for my apartment tomorrow but um at the same time like I think there's a lot of ways you can talk to yourself that are free there's a lot of like free ways of moving and talking to others and shit that you can implement to really see these beneficial changes. So I think that's something to stay optimistic about. Um, my one change of the day will be my mouth tape tonight. Um, so I'll let you guys know how that goes. Yes, we will definitely need to hear all the updates on that in next week's pod. And maybe I'll get into some weird, wild, yeah. crazy, hippie, ho- hippie hoodoo, hippie Voodoo. woo-woo shit. Um, yeah. But I'm going to need some sweet potatoes and cauliflower yeah. um, right after this pod. Yeah, get that dinner in. Um, we'll be thinking of a holistic remedy. DM us a weird remedy that Emma should get into this week so we can compare. Yes. Um, that's what we got for you, CMOS girlies. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy wherever this podcast finds you on this beautiful Tuesday. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>